0: Welcome back to an episode of Spectator Mode. I'm Neil Strubig. With me, as always, is Donald Double D, (laughs) duck Craig.
1: Oh, man.
0: Now, uh, I'm excited for today's list. We're going to talk a little bit about Kenobi. we got to actually shout out, to in the uh, solar system as well to start us off. We're going to talk about a little bit of an old school TV show that I definitely, I think, my nerdum kind of blossomed from, Mystery Science Theater. (laughs) Some good news from that. Gonna kick it with a little bit of Call of Duty news with the new one that came out. Uh, I think it's kind of funny. We'll get to that in a bit though. We got some League of Legends news with the all-powerful TSM organization and some uh Andy Din news as well, and that kind of lawsuit and what's germinating over there in California. Oh, yeah. And uh on a lighter note, we're we'll gonna talk a little bit about you know Nintendo Switch and one of their latest releases. So, for sure. You, you want to get sure. us you want to get us started with the yeah. uh,
1: Definitely do. And just diving right into it, I'm going to be honest, James Webb Space Telescope. If you don't know what it is, you should know what it is. I think it's one of the biggest scientific technological endeavors of our times. Uh, Has been launched and has been fully aligned and it's ready to go. It's been a months long thing. NASA has been doing a great PR campaign around it with updates and everything else. I'm personally excited for this. If you've never seen like the Hubble stuff, that's what this is basically replacing is Hubble uh and a million times i don't actually know if no, it's a million times i should be careful because we're talking about a science thing right there is a measurable difference between this and hubble i don't know if it's a million times better but it's significantly improved and like i just think it's a fucking awesome thing and i want to give it a shout out before we kick off too much with the rest of the other uh nerdy news for the week no it's cool it's exciting
0: uh did you watch the launch and stuff my brother-in-law watches like all the space oh yeah launches. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah i kept up with the whole thing and i i mean i wasn't able to watch everything live to be honest but i was able to go they recorded all the stuff and I was able to uh, go through the articles and watch the recordings and everything. So it was a real experience, man. I think the last time I was that invested in something going on were some of the SpaceX launches too. Hmm. I thought were a pretty big deal in terms of bringing space to the public. You know, Elon Musk and... and so the
0: space litter is looking at Tesla in orbit there. That's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, all that other... like, There's <laughs> a lot of stuff that we could talk about there to the side. I still think it's a big milestone that space is once again you. becoming relevant to the Not public you. and you know the james webb space telescope i think is doing a big part of raising awareness around space so i'm just super stoked it's up there and i want to do my little part yeah. by giving it a shout out but no, speaking of space though yeah so okay. speaking of space obi-wan kenobi trailer officially dropped in may now we've seen some of these images before some of the stuff was teased in like the teaser trailer and stuff obviously so i don't know that there's too much new information in the actual trailer that we're seeing But at the same time, I'm going to say that I'm absolutely stoked for it. My only concern with this, (laughs) I will say, is that this is like Mandalorian season four. You know what I mean? Like I was excited for Book of Boba Fett and then it ended up being part of Mandalorian. You know what I mean? And so like I hope the Obi-Wan stuff stays in Obi-Wan story and they don't work in as much as I love the Mandalorian. and I love what Filoni is doing with that. I want this to be its own thing. I want this to be Obi's story. You know what I mean?
0: uh i think it will be but i wouldn't be shocked if we don't see uh the pike syndicate again and what's her name i uh, played uh calicia in game of thrones amelia clark yes 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 thank you i forget her ca her character name in uh solo but mm. i'd like to see her in there leading the pike syndicate and that whole kind of carry over to i think it'd be kind of cool I don't know. I'm excited. I, the Kenobi thing, I've seen a couple of people kind of upset with the whole Vader thing whatnot because they're going to fight in the canon and whatnot there, but I feel like they're going to do this a lot of justice. And even with some of the fan service we've seen, especially in Mandalorian's last season as well, to me it's justifiable because it's still enjoyable and it kind of fits with what they're doing within the show. And I'm okay with, you know, if this fits in the universe within the shows and the TV series they're creating on Disney+, Plus. I'm cool with it. I don't. I don't care if it needs to touch the films or really pull into too much. It's just a fun, enjoyable ride, and that's why I feel like Kenobi is just going to be a phenomenal send-off. And I'm pumped. I'm pumped.
1: Yeah, man. And we need to see
0: Kenobi be the badass that he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest Jedi I think that to have ever lived for sure. And like, yeah, I think you bring great. up an interesting topic that we could <laughs> go into more, which is basically like. When you're dealing with something like Star Wars, it's kind of a dense franchise, right? It's got games, it's got books, it's got comics, it's got all kinds of spin-off series and stuff that it's got going on, animated series, movies. I think it's very hard to not accidentally or even intentionally retell or retcon things. And I think it's an important... Question of basically like what is okay, right? Like the Marvel cinematic universe has definitely told stories that we know from the comics in their own way. Mm -hmm. They've made that distinction, which I think in comics, at least we accept it a little bit because we already have the idea of multiple timelines or universes. And so like the cinematic universe is being its own thing apart from the comics, maybe makes it more palatable. Star Wars doesn't quite have that stuff going on. So I understand some of the concern, but at the same time, I agree with you what I th- where I think you're going with this in terms of this is its own kind of universe that they're developing on Disney+. And that might mean things are a little bit different from what people considered canon before or what might have been officially canon before now. That doesn't mean it's a problem per se. I think I'm still looking forward to this regardless. And
0: yeah. lightsaber battles, I'm pumped. You know what I mean? Like I said, three <laughs> phases of Star Wars. got the Starship Battles, Oh yeah, Jedi versus Sith. And then uh, the bounty hunter lore. We've got plenty of bounty hunter lore ready, but <laughs> I guess kind of still sticking with the space theme a little bit. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Science Theater, for y'all unfamiliar, phenomenal TV show. Got started in the uh, '90s, and basically they just rip old movies. It's uh, you know, usually. <laughs> one person sitting with a bunch of robots and old 1940s, 50s, whatever, you know, snuff films, whatever it can be. just comedy no. <laughs> so I mean, some of the 80s stuff was pretty risque and 60s stuff. You really? Go back. Yeah, so uh, it's different. I mean, most of the movies too were like NC-17 actually rating-wise back then, which is actually kind of funny. Not really? that they're showing like full penetration and, and porno, but <laughs> it would be N-17. Oh, yeah, based I on that. the themes. Yeah, so yeah, which is kind of crazy. But they basically make fun of the films. Good old good old fashioned humor. It was on Netflix and then it got canceled, but the new host, Emily Marsh actually did the mystery science tour. She's going to be the new host going forward. I think it's cool. Mystery science. Cause the original creator, original host, Joe Hodgkin, Hodgkin, Hodgkins. I'm going to, I'm going to get crucified for not saying his name. Right. Hodson. Hodgson, uh, Joel Hodgson, <laughs> Joel Hodgson. Hodgson. He, uh, he had to go back to a Kickstarter before Netflix and kind of did it again too, with bringing it back. And, uh, It's like talk soup to me. I think there's just a loyal fan base that just loves mystery science and just keeps coming back. So I'm excited for it. And again, first female host, super cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a great format. I think it does have a very loyal fan base, obviously. Right. Because even after it was off the air for like, what was it like 18 years or whatever before it got picked up again and and on Netflix um, just shows how much people really, really do enjoy this. And I think it was a big part of a lot of people's uh, childhood growing up. I mean, you said it helped you. Did you say Blossom, Bloom? Was yeah, that's yeah, that for sure.
0: No, my sister, she used to watch all the time. She used to watch all that crazy stuff on Comedy Central, Kids in the Hall and stuff. But uh, I mean, they tried to kill him with the forklift.
1: Like, still, the best. <laughs> oh <my God>. Lord <laughs> Almighty, save me. Um, yeah. But yeah, and like, I, what I will also say, too, is not only is this like kind of like a beloved and almost longstanding franchise at this point, right? Like, the fact that they're going with a female host and I think, you know, including women more in nerd culture and stuff in general, I think is something that needs to be done more intentionally, because let's be honest, there's plenty of women who are fans of this stuff. You know what I mean? And it's really kind of an odd disconnect almost between the content that's being produced and the consumers, because I think we have a lot of women who are fans and enjoy this stuff, and yet they're not being represented equally. And not that everything has to be 50-50 per se, but like, still... I'm curious nowhere to close if, to that the
0: uh, curious if Felicity Day and Pan Oswald are gonna come back because they were the villains on the Netflix show. It wasn't wasn't announced as Emily Marsh is going to be the uh next host but I'd be excited to Felicia, both- Felicia Day Felicia yes, Day is her name. Yes. Felicia.
1: Yes. Yeah I mean I think she was cool to be included before as well, because like Felicia Day is one of those who's been, I think, very active in what you could call nerd culture for a long time now. So I think her inclusion was great. And now having a host as well, I think Mystery Science Theater, as much as it pays tribute to old things in terms of the movies it watches, I think ends up being most progressive in the way it kind of handles some of these things. So,
0: you know, nothing but kudos. Nah, speaking of kudos, though, and not so much... Activision had an annual investors report recently, and they basically blamed missing the mark of $300 million or $300 million basically left on the table for the Call of Duty sales on World War II themes. It said the theme did not resonate with their fan base,
1: and that's why they missed their mark. You buying that? No, no. I mean, Activision... Let's start. Let's start it this way, right? Call of Duty as a franchise has been a powerhouse for many, many years, and for almost as many years, it's been repetitive to itself, right? Like this is like the Madden of first-person shooters that you make a few changes mm-hmm. here and there, slap a new coat of paint on it, and you sell it again as like as though it were a new thing. And one of the things that they seem to have embraced is this idea that like the longevity of the game is based in the multiplayer. And to that end, I think they've. Really, really, really sacrificed on the campaign side of things and the single player experience to their detriment. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're offering enough of a new experience. They're not offering much in the way of a story. It's just, hey, here's the same multiplayer that you've been doing for the past several installments. Buy it again and keep playing it on the newer version. Like... I don't know, man. What? What? I, do they really think they can get away with just doing this every single year? Yeah, World War II a... just wasn't interesting enough. <laughs> Come on. That's a, that's what I think was funny because they've done
0: World War II what two, three times already, four times maybe. Go all the way back. So it's just like to your point, it's the same old themes. I mean, I played this one for a bit with the multiplayer. I did the demo with it for like a weekend, and uh, it's just there's so much going on. Like, even just the, you know, kill cams at the end and the, you know, play of the match. Like, Overwatch is pretty quick, fast-paced game, definitely a bit of shell shock in your first play. But, ending games, seeing the game-winning play, and in between, you know, the next loading screen, it's a good amount of time. Maybe, you know, two minutes, three minutes between all that. Call of Duty is, like, 30 seconds, and then, like, boom, 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 boom. I don't even know what the hell stuff I'm winning and unlocking in, like, the battle pass as it's going through it and somebody uploading in the next game. There's this... It's way chaotic. And to your point, too, there's no story to it. So it's like if you're just playing multiplayer, it's the same old stuff. It's just it's like, why buy it? It's, you know, it's the same thing, yeah, like, man, I you mean, buy a FIFA man every year. You're just being a knucklehead.
1: And part of it, too, right? Like, let's be very clear. It did do well in sales, right? Like, it just didn't do as well as they expected it to do in sales, which is the first issue. Number one. Number two, you. Probably, I think that I don't know how companies do their projections and stuff that they think that they're just always going to every year see bigger and bigger profits than they did previously. Like, at some point, you have to reach market saturation and just like people who have interest in it have what they need. You know what I mean? Like, you, do you really think everyone's going to buy a new game every year? Because apparently they do. Because, like, literally, I think the new plan is for them to reboot Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, it's um, now, it's yeah which was like the i guess the largest uh release at the time in the franchise history and so they're just like oh let's yeah. go let's take what we've already done re-release it reboot it whatever the but heck they think they're I doing mean, with
0: yeah. it and they're yeah. doing that because uh modern warfare when that got revamped that had great success and a lot of players said too like gameplay and Mono warfare the remake was a lot better than this last one as well so it's into the bees but then again too i mean i might be a sucker because if i can do a camo p90s again then like yeah i might come crawling all back i'll be honest <laughs> oh my god i can't believe you're going
1: that route but i don't know man i feel like they just need to start coming up with some new ideas because there's only so long i think you can get away with marketing and just republishing the same game and like it'll make you money sure i just yeah. don't know why you're gonna cry about like not winning awards and breaking records with sales they, you know what i mean They are stopping the annual releases, though. They did announce that with
0: the Microsoft uh, merger.
1: And I guess, speaking of franchises, uh, this is some big news in the League of Legends world, is for a while now, there have been accusations regarding Team Solo Mid. It's one of the oldest and most established uh, esports teams in League of Legends. Very famous, very popular. They've branched out into other franchises and other things besides. And their founder, uh, Andy Din has been accused many times of fostering a toxic workplace by his players. This is things that have happened in terms of they've tweeted this or they talked about it on streams. Well, I guess shit kind of hit the fan recently when the Washington Post went so far as to publish an article uh, this past week talking about the quote-unquote culture of fear at TSM fostered and created in part and in large by CEO Andy Din, and this has resulted in part, again, as a response, with a lawsuit that got slapped on one of their, I think, former players, Double Lift, who also is relatively famous in the scene, and they're suing him for defamation, essentially, that he's not allowed to disparage the organization after the fact. and so whether he's employed with them or not employed with them or whatever contract they had with him. I need to honestly, I need to get the details on what his existing relationship was with the TSM brand at the time. Um, but they've terminated ties with him and they're looking to sue him for defamation. It's a shit show, man. I'm going to be honest with you. This is not a good look at all for the company. I mean, it, it is. But I mean, I think part of the thing
0: too, and I mean, Washington post with their video game, uh, vertical launcher, they've been doing a, Decent job, maybe better job. I don't know. I'm on the fence with them because I still think they miss some points with some of their uh, their coverage. Esports in general, I think you still have to understand that it's been very toxic. And from Jump, a lot of that bad nature and inheriting bad behavior too. When a lot of these guys get involved, they're 17, 18, 19. I mean, when start started TSM, he was what 18, 19, maybe he was 17 at the time. So again, not excusing young, yeah. bad behavior, but. It is learned and doesn't ever improve. And being a high toxic, high stress environment, too, like the early stages of esports was, and yes, it's improving. I think it's tough for people to sit there and look back and be like, hey, this is bad behavior. We're not doing things right because it is still very much, you know, by 24, 25, you're old. You're basically washed up and you're moving on either to streaming or coaching or whatever it may be and looking at retirement. So I do think that's a big part of this that wasn't quite in the store. But again, there was a lot with the lawsuits. You have to get through a lot of that, bring people up to speed. But I think with esports journalism, a lot of it still has to be fuddled down and compounded to understanding where it was and where it's at and where it's going. I don't think a lot of people understand where it was.
1: Well, and it, I don't know that it was anywhere. Cause I think, and I mean this in the nicest way possible as an amateur podcaster myself right now. Right. I think it, for a lot of people, Esports writing was a passion project. They may have had interest in writing and they may have gone to journalism school and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know how many of the people who got in on the scene, especially early on, were people yeah. with a lot of experience in journalism and covering stories. So, that's not that that's a problem, but it does tie into, I think, modern issues as esports has continued to grow and continues to become more of a mainstream issue how those stories and narratives get told and how some of those past events get brought forward, how they're affecting things. Cause like the stuff with TSM straight up, it goes back a long time, right? Like even as a player, there were, I th- if I remember correctly, cause I've been playing esports this long, right? Like I've been playing league of legends specifically this long. There were even accusations of Andy Din being like a toxic or ragey guy and yada, yada. Like there was like back then already, there was like these kinds of things going around and it doesn't seem like anything got any better. It comes back to your point too, of like the, the company has been around so long and successful for so long that I think there's a strong argument to made He's been in a bubble that he's gotten away with a lot of these behaviors and, you know, things are catching up to him because people are getting into their thirties and I think don't have the patience for what they did back then. And, you okay. know, they have more wherewithal in terms of what is and is not okay and everything else they're maturing. And I mean, it's just a, a whole mess all around. Um yeah, the yeah. kind of interesting thing too is uh, TSM is based out of California I'm pretty sure that Double Lift lives in California as well. And they actually have protections for such things as like uh, defamation or disparaging remarks or whatever it is, basically, that if what you're saying is true or can be substantiated, you are protected because they don't want this culture of silence where you're silencing people from blowing the whistle, essentially, right? And if they push forward with trying to sue, if TSM pushes forward with trying to sue Double Lift, it will actually end up resulting, I think in a trial where they investigate the validity of these claims. If they're found to be valid, it opens them up for a slew of other lawsuits from current and former employees who have felt, you know, harassment or bothered in the workplace and stuff. And this could turn into a real shitstorm real fast. So this is one of those stories that I'm going to be keeping an eye on as it moves forward. And as it continues to develop personally, because I have interest in the league scene and, You know, these are names that are known to me going back ages
0: now. I think it's a good topic for us to follow too. And at the same time, you know, don't want to go too long on this particular topic, but how does it hurt basically the biggest American or North American sports or esports team? Yeah. But speaking of biggest names and biggest titles, arguably the (laughs) biggest game ever made most popular for sure. (laughs) Switch sports actually came out early this week, April 29th. Definitely the uh, sequel, if you will, to the awesome Wii Sports back in 2006. Uh, mixed reviews. Some people like it. Some people don't. Golf is not part of it yet. It's going to be in the first DLC. It's Batman, tennis, soccer, bowling, and Chambara. Chambara. It's like basically sword fighting. Wooden sticks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know it. I mean, What's your
0: thoughts? You're going to buy it? I know you don't have to
1: I mean, I don't now. have it. Let me put it this way. If I had a switch, I would 100% buy this. No questions asked. Right. Like. No doubt in my mind. One, the price point isn't bad. I think it's um, $40 on release, which the games themselves aren't maybe the most in-depth games or whatever. But, like, I don't think that was ever an issue with Wii Sports either, right? It was the memories. It was playing with your friends and kind of being a little active and stuff as you're playing. So, it's just, you know, it's a good time, man. Like, I don't know who isn't nostalgic. Like, if there's anyone listening right now who doesn't have memories around Wii Sports... We are appealing to a much younger audience than I ever thought. I'm still pissed <laughs> off. You
0: know, fan of the show, you know, JT, our baseball battles on Wii We Sports. I'm still pissed off at a couple I've lost on that. So
1: Lost? Yeah.
0: Oof. I yeah, realized I was yeah. co-hosting with a loser. Wow. Wow. All right. <laughs> I'm About just... to cancel your ass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, you come out you come you come to my house with this. <laughs> like
0: Yeah, ridiculous.
1: I know, but no, it's great that they're bringing it forward. I look forward to the DLCs. You said they are going to do golf. Do you know what else they're going to do? Any ideas? On the DLC
0: front, I'm not sure. I know golf is probably the first DLC, but it might be out there. I haven't read all the news on it if it is, but I know golf is the the first one since golf was on the original launch of Wii Sports. Golf was a good time as well. And why they're doing that. The bowling too, you can actually bowl four people at a time, so you don't have to sit there and wait frame by frame. You all can basically bowl simultaneously, which is kind of cool.
1: That is nice. Bowling was a classic in my family, for sure. I think bowling and tennis yeah. were my top two sports. Yeah, the art.
0: badminton edition I thought was kind of interesting because it's basically just tennis, too. But
1: well, I mean, it's I think that's doubles, appealing to the Asian so market because I think badminton's bigger in the Asian market than tennis is... Could be wrong.
0: I think. Interesting. But... That is all we got for tonight, though. Do appreciate it, everybody. Appreciate y'all listening. Let us know what y'all favorite episodes of Mystery Science Theater is. And again, if you, what's the last edition of Call of Duty you Ball? I'm actually curious with that one. And again, <laughs> Wii Sports, two favorite memories. Oof. If you've also got an uh, ongoing series of Wii Sports going with uh, longtime friends like yeah. I do. <laughs> oh man! But, uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, catch y'all next week.